Hi, I'm your host, Christina Smith, and I'm a full-time life coach for women. The Inviting Shift podcast focuses on how we can step through this messy journey of life confidently so that we can feel good about how we show up, have more connected, deeper relationships, and have more purpose and meaning, or in short, how we manifest the lives we crave in practical, tangible ways. So today we're going to talk about perfection. And even if you don't believe that you're a perfectionist, I want you to tune in because I'm sure that you're going to get some really juicy tools out of this. So I have a question for all of us. Do we want to be perfect or do we want to be confident? Choose one. We all have to make this choice. Perfect, of course, means to meet expectations to the detail. Confident, meaning we trust that we can handle anything that happens, even if it isn't what we anticipated. Perfect is a moving target. Every time I think of a new detail, perfect is altered. Perfect is a moving target. It's exhausting and never ending. We say we want perfect or have high expectations. That's another way I hear people say it. I have high expectations, right? Because we think it's going to release us from some risk of shame, embarrassment, or disappointment if we're always getting it right. But being so focused on specific expectations keeps us from actually enjoying the moment because we're always focused on the next perfect moment or what isn't quite right. There's an AA saying someone told me that stays with me all of the time expectations are premeditated resentments. Expectations are premeditated resentments. If you are feeling inner conflict because you are always taught to give your best, or you identify as the person in the group that gets everything right, follows through on what they say, or is super prepared, I know that feeling. I've based my identity on that feeling before, thinking that unless I gave 120% everywhere, I was not going to be good enough. So let me share today about our vacations. When we had kids in the house and had enough money, I insisted on yearly vacations. And in fact, now that we don't have kids, I still insist on them especially when they were teenagers. So we would pick up a place and everyone would pick the thing that they wanted to do most. Then I would furiously plan. I would have lists of things to do, lists of what we needed to bring with us for all those activities. And of course, a schedule that would tell us exactly what we were going to do at any time to make sure we were doing the things we wanted to do. But then we showed up and it rained on our scheduled beach day or someone didn't feel like doing that long hike that day or the thing that we wanted to do wasn't available on the day that I had it scheduled. And boom, 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 plans would fall apart and I would try my best to control the chaos and the goal never ever looked the way it should. I had huge expectations that never felt successful Vacation began to feel more stressful than rather how I wanted it to feel, almost like I needed a vacation from the vacation. It certainly did not turn out the way I wanted to, and it didn't feel good. I got to the point where I didn't even want a vacation anymore. It was easier to stay home. But of course, that didn't sit well with me either, because I really did want to get away, and there was a part of me that wanted this energy of vacation, but I wanted it to feel good. 
So a few years ago, I shifted all of this because I started focusing on what I truly wanted out of vacation. And not just me, I would ask the other people who are going along as well. Instead of the perfect activities and plans, I started asking myself, how did I want this to feel? If vacation were successful, what type of memories do I really want to have out of this vacation? Sometimes it's adventure, connection, and fun. And other times it might be something like peace or calm and rest. The point is it no longer is full of scheduled things that we have to do at certain times. Whatever we want out of it, we put in, and that becomes the only focus. I admit that at first it was a bit scary for my controlling self. Don't we need lists? What if I ended up doing nothing? What if no one could ever agree on what to do? What if we wasted our time together? And I kept focus on intentions anyway. And you might be wondering, but what does this look like? How do you put this into play? Okay, well, if we agreed that we wanted adventure, connection, and fun, we would get together and ask ourselves, how could we have adventure, fun, and connection that day? What did it feel like? Learning to surf or laying on the beach having conversations or playing games. It's up to us to define it in the moment, and it's flexible depending on how each person is feeling that day. It allows compassion for ourselves and a ton of flexibility. If what we thought we would do doesn't feel right, we choose something else. And it hasn't let us down yet. In fact, I believe that we tend to find the most perfect spots at the most perfect low Taurus times just by following our intentions. It's turned out just about magical. And when we come home, we ask ourselves, did we succeed at adventure, fun, and connection? If that was our focus, it's just about a resounding yes every time. Vacation is saved by giving up the expectational perfectionism and switching to confident intentions. That if that is our focus and our intention, that's how it's going to show up. So perfection is way overrated in my opinion. It's a moving target and based often out of outrageous expectations. It's a losing strategy. Now, you might be listening to this and thinking, I'm not a perfectionist. Let's face it, some of us don't really want to see those controlling qualities for ourselves. So here are some symptoms that you may not know about perfectionists. Perfectionists crave other people's approval. If you are seeking other people to get on your team or to agree with your decisions, you just might be a perfectionist. Another thing is everything seems black and white. If it's not right, it's wrong. If it's not good, it's bad. This is a natural way that our brain works to categorize things but it really doesn't help us in all areas. So if you see everything as black and white, instead of being more flexible, this is going to, you're probably having these symptoms of being a perfectionist. It also goes along with it's all or nothing, right? If it can't be this, then it can't be anything. And so we uh, live that all or nothing. I'm either going to get furious and blow my top, or I'm going to have to stuff down my anger. That's a perfectionist. 
Feedback can be hard to take for a perfectionist, even from someone who loves you, because we are so set that what we're doing is correct, that feedback can be hard to take. So if feedback is hard for you, you just might be a perfectionist. Perfectionists are often highly critical of others, not just others. Of course, we're highly critical of ourselves, but the way that we see it is we have large amounts of judgment about just about anybody who comes near us. Perfectionists often procrastinate because they're afraid to start because they may not get it right, right? And perfectionists often feel guilty when you do something less than 120% or you have to say no. So I know that you're feeling a couple of those symptoms probably. And if so, I want you to keep tuned in. We can all lean into these qualities sometimes. So of course, I'm sure that some of these rang some bells. Look, you aren't alone. Our culture says that if things aren't perfect, go buy yourself perfect, hire it, rent it, work harder for it. But we aren't perfect little robots. We're people. We're not meant to get it all right. Our journey is to get comfortable with life, which is anything but perfect. It's messy, it's chaotic, it's grief, it's joy, it's people getting big rewards for not putting anything in, and it's people not getting enough when they've done all the work. It's learning instead of winning, it's changes, it's growth. And so much of that is uncomfortable and very far from perfect. Which brings me to another favorite quote by Khalil Gibran. Our anxiety doesn't come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. Our anxiety doesn't come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. Perfectionism is wanting to control our environment, every little detail, and it's truly impossible. It is by far easier to adapt to the discomfort of life, to allow and surrender to the details that don't really matter and focus on what really matters, our intentions. Confidence and perfection can't live in the same world. Remember, confidence is a skill of being able to move forward knowing you may not get it right. Perfectionism demands we get it right or we won't be satisfied. Two different worlds. So how do we jump out of the perfectionism and step into more confidence? We offer ourselves compassion. Compassion for being human, compassion for not being the perfect computer, compassion for making mistakes, compassion for judging ourselves so harshly. We aren't here to be perfect. We are here to accept ourselves and hopefully, gracefully, live with the effects that make us human. Our challenge is to take all of this humanness, our thoughts, our amazing brains, our emotions, our ego, our physical limitations, our inner wisdom, all of it, and learn how to travel this journey. Here's the deal. We don't get a prize for perfect. We do get to live a life that we can be confident in if we have compassion. Let's talk about the benefits of compassion and perfectionism. So here's the benefits of perfectionism. I get to be the person who will get it done and people will think I'm perfect. 
Of course, I won't think it's perfect. And even if I do, I've exhausted myself. I also now have the pressure of this identity that other people will expect me to get it perfect. So if I don't feel like I've let everybody down and so I don't feel good about it in any way because there's so many ways I can mess it up. I mean, there just aren't a lot of benefits to getting it right all the time unless you want to take on the work of the world and the identity that now you have to always get it right. Everyone is depending on you. That's it. That's the benefits of perfectionism. Now, how about the benefits of compassion? The benefit of good enough. There is a theory in business that 80% of your profit comes from 20% of the effort. I believe this is pretty close to life too. We can get so caught up in the details of perfectionism that we let the 3% of not perfect ruin the 97% success. It reminds me of a time I was in charge of this huge conference, hundreds of people, dozens of sessions and speakers. I worked so hard to make it perfect. I checked and rechecked every list. I ensured the participants and speakers had everything that they would need. I arranged employees to support the speakers and ensured lunch would be perfect. I had even thought about future events and planned to do some marketing videos for that purpose. One of the speakers we wanted to record had to dash back to the airport. So we recorded them early in the day. And before we checked the results to find the audio wasn't good, the speaker was gone and we lost our chance. At the end of the day, everyone, including my boss, was ecstatic. And I was grumpy about the one detail that didn't work out. At the time, I was disappointed. But looking back, it's just something silly that stole my celebration from me. I worked really hard for months, but it felt overwhelming to need to have every detail right when most people wouldn't have even noticed anything different anyway. I wasted a lot of worry instead of enjoying the event. There's also, when it comes to compassion, the benefit of letting go of the weight of your projections and others' judgments. So when we tell ourselves other people might judge me, what we're saying is, I would judge me. If I wouldn't judge myself by other people's standards, then I don't need to mind what they might think. But the truth is, we are usually judgmental, so we'll jump in line to be the first one to judge ourselves. You are the only one who needs to validate you and your worth. You know why you're doing what you're doing, and there is nothing you can do on earth that wouldn't bring judgment. There's billions of people everyone's got judgments. We have to choose what is good for us, what is enough for us. If you feel good about the effort you're putting out, then have the compassion to understand that we're not always going to get it perfect. It's not your job to avoid other people's judgments. It is your job to feel good about how you show up. You can give yourself compassion and still feel good about how you show up. Another benefit of compassion, the benefit of time and energy. One of the biggest things I got back when I dropped perfect and went with good enough or done was time and energy. I didn't realize how much energy I gave trying to plan every single detail and then to control it all. So much energy. I was so exhausted by the time I would get to my goal, I couldn't even enjoy it. 
There's also the benefit of confidence. Remember, confidence is a skill that we hone. We don't hone it with perfection. As we discuss, perfection is not confidence. They don't even live in the same world. Perfection is about control. Confidence is about moving forward, whether you get it wrong or not. It's only focusing on what is most important, not trying to make it so we don't have to experience discomfort. Confidence can be really uncomfortable. Any new skill is. And then there's also the benefit of modeling compassion. When we model compassion for ourselves and others, we also give others the permission to be compassionate with themselves and other people. So if you have kids around or even family that is harsh on themselves, you could be a breath of fresh air and show them a new way to be. The only way to do that is to offer ourselves compassion. We'll talk about it more right after this message. This podcast is supported by Christina Smith Coaching as a service to get you to have more confidence and self-love. One way we do that is by bringing what we learn into our bodies by lighting up our senses. Some people call these types of exercises rituals. I think they're really alignments. Something we do each day to align with what we truly want rather than getting stuck in the default of trying to outrun what we don't. I bet you could use a little self-love ritual today, and there's a short quiz or survey to pick the best one for you. You can go to the link in the description to take the free quiz to get the self-love alignment that is right for you right now. You'll also get a download of five self-love rituals so you can switch it up and try one each day. Our little thank you for tuning into our podcast and into your own heart. It's proven in science that being kind to yourself is better for your confidence, your productivity, and your mood rather than being critical. When we are critical, our body goes into fight, flight, freeze, or F it all. When we are compassionate, we can stay grounded in what we can do in actions. This means that we can switch back to our focus space where we can actually work from instead of panic. So how do we shift into compassion? I invite you to see that inner child part of you. If she got it wrong or made a mistake, how would you treat the sweet child inside of you? Chances are we were all shamed or criticized by someone when we were little. How did it feel as a child to know it wasn't okay to make mistakes as you were learning? To be criticized when you thought that you were doing a good job? To be told it wasn't enough? It was pretty crappy, right? It probably had you doubling, doubting whether you were even capable of getting it right. If you were even enough. Criticism isn't always helpful. In fact, it can break down the very parts of ourselves that think that we are capable. You wouldn't talk to a child or a friend by telling them that they were doing terrible or being overly critical. So this is where we're going to picture our inner child of ours. I even suggest that you get a picture of yourself as a child. I have one on my desk all the time, and she's there to remind me that being overcritical isn't going to help her shine. When you feel like you want to get critical or feel that urge of perfectionism coming on, one of those symptoms we talked about, look at this picture of your child, of you as a child, 
or even envision your inner child getting it wrong and look into her eyes. Look at her and know that she's doing her best. Tell her that she is doing her best and it's okay, even if it doesn't work out the way she wants. Then, most importantly, ask that inner child, what is it that you need right now? Does she need to cry it out? Does she need encouragement? Does she just need to be held or heard? What is it that she needs to do in order to move forward with compassion for herself? Then give it to her. Give yourself a break, a snack, a nap, a timeout. Offer it to yourself because you are worthy just like that inner child. You are worthy of kindness and compassion. There's a bonus visualization for this episode. So I kept this episode short so you would actually get the uh, visualization and work through it because it's a way that we can offer our inner child some love and some affection and give ourselves whatever it is that we need in the moment in order to be more compassionate with ourselves. So I hope that you download that. I hope that you'll look at those symptoms of perfectionism as well and start getting honest with yourself about where you could spread more compassion so that we can have more resilience and more confidence about ourselves and the way that we show up. I hope this episode was helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions. Hey, one more thing. When we are all more confident and full of self-love, we can act more intentionally and mindfully. What would a world like that look like? I want to know. One way that you can help me with this vision is to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. It helps more than you know, and it's just a few clicks to help me create a more beautiful world. And as always, remember to be gentle with your humanness.